Hey, it's Louise's Bible Study, and we're back again studying covenant. Uh, I want to give you some definitions or the Old Testament and the New Testament terms, but I want to talk to you about what covenant means. Uh, covenant means to cut. It's in the uh, Hebrew word B-E-R-I-T-H, birth. It means to cut covenant. Uh, it's an agreement. Uh, you know, we have we in our society we don't we don't talk much about covenants. But in many, many old societies and many societies even today, they understand a lot more about covenants than we do. But in Africa, they had covenants all the time. Uh, Stanley and Livingston were two great um, missionaries from England and uh, <clears throat> Stanley understood covenant and uh, when he and Livingston would go in through Africa they um, saw that if they cut a covenant with a big chief that that chief would back them up and take care of them when the some other tribe tried to attack them and all they had to do was show that they were in covenant with this other tribe. And then the, the attacking tribe would back off. It actually allowed them to minister all through Africa without being uh, killed. And so understanding covenant is just not something that was bib for biblical uh, Hebrews or in the Old Testament. Covenant was founded in the garden. And it's been ingrained in man's uh, understanding. We have dropped the ball. We as a society have not taught covenant. Although covenant was very well established in our whole society. It's ingrained through our society. When you have covenant rights in, in a um, neighborhood, you say, well, you have covenants here. And you have to abide by our covenants. And then you have marriage. Marriage is actually a covenant between two people. Um, when you have a contract, that is a covenant that you make with another individual. We're going to see how covenant actually runs all through our life, but we don't recognize it. We don't understand it because it's not being taught. Um, cutting of the blood or by shedding of blood and walking by two pieces of flesh so that the division in the Bible and the old covenant and the new covenant, uh, a blood covenant between two parties is the closest and it is the most enduring. It is the most solemn and the most sacred of all contracts. It absolutely cannot be broken. This is why God is a covenant-keeping God, and he hates divorce. Now, I know there are a lot of us out there that have been divorced, but I don't think that we have been taught from a childhood through whether it's our churches, our pastors, or our family, why marriage is not to be broken. And that it's not just you two entering into this legal contract. This is a covenant that God established. And it is solemn. And it is not to be broken. Um, and when you enter into a blood covenant with someone, you promise to give them your life, 
your love and your protection forever till death do you part. Does that not sound like a marriage? Isn't that what we say when we stand before the minister? It is. And so marriage is a blood covenant. Um, the reason that we wear the wedding ring on the third finger is because man believes that the third finger has a nerve leading to the heart. And since the heart is the center part of the body that keeps the blood circulating, it becomes a symbol of life. And the ring that we use, we don't do it anymore. It used to be nothing, but you had to have a gold band. And the, the reason it's an eternal band, There's if you look at a wedding ring, you can't find a beginning on it. It has no beginning, no end. And on top of that, gold is totally pure. It's not been compromised. And so, therefore, it is a eternal, uncompromised symbol of the covenant between the husband and the wife. And when the husband and the wife feed each other the wedding cake, that's a symbol of saying um, the two of us are becoming one. Uh, it's I, I'm, I'm giving to you. And you're giving to me, and by eating of this wedding cake, uh, we are symbolizing that I'm coming into you, and you're coming into me. I'm partaking of you, and you're partaking of me. Now, we're going to see how this operates in the covenant meal that we partake of. Uh, as Christians, More, we should do it more often than we do, and what it really means. Uh the Hebrew ritual for the covenant um, is, uh, is, is very interesting. So we're going to go through the different steps. There are steps that you go through. There are nine steps that you go through in the covenant. And the first one is you're going to take off your coat or your robe. And this is a, I'm, I'm giving you all of myself. I'm giving you my total being, my life, and I pledge it to you. It's uh, basically saying all of my personal wealth, all that I own, you, it's, you, it's yours. And all that you own becomes mine. It's an equal sharing of our bank accounts. Boy, I tell you what, there are not many of us that are going to enter into that kind of a covenant. But you, you know, we do actually when you marry, if the wife has been working and she has a bank account and the husband's work, he has a bank account and then his bank account and her bank account become one. And so um, it's, it's saying to you, I'm, I'm giving you um, all of myself. And then the number, the number two thing is you're going to take off your belt. Um, and it's, the belt is a symbol of your strength. It's saying, here is my strength and all of my ability to fight. If anybody attacks you, they're also attacking me. Your battles are my battles and mine are yours. I will fight with you. I will help defend you and protect you. 
So anybody that you enter into with a covenant with, you want to be sure that they have uh, a lot of strength behind them. Okay? Because they're going to be your big brother on the playground. If you, I haven't, but I know that there are those who have been bullied because maybe you're not as big as some other kid and there's this bully on the on the playground. Well, it'd be a good thing for you to make a covenant with that bully because he's the bigger guy. And then the next bigger guy that comes along that wants to pick a fight with you, they're going to have to deal with him. So they may think twice about picking a fight with you because they got to go through him. So that covenant partner has a responsibility to stand in on your behalf and be your strength and your covering. The next thing is uh, the third step is the cut of the covenant. And um, in the cutting of the covenant, we're splitting an animal. Now, we're not going to do, we don't do this in modern society, so don't go out there and kill an animal and go through this process. I'm just telling you how the covenant ritual in in the Hebrew society went about. First thing is you're going to cut an animal. Okay, you're going to split it down the middle. And in the Bible, an animal is only cut down the middle and split in two in a covenant ceremony. This is only done in the covenant ceremony. After we split the animal, we lay each half to the side of us and stand in between the two bloody halves of flesh with our backs to each other. And then we walk right through the bloody halves, making a figure eight. And the figure eight is a sign of eternity. It's never ending. It's always never ending. And, and come back to a stop facing each other. And in doing so, we are saying two things. First, we are saying that we are dying to ourselves. In other words, my interests do not supersede your interest. Okay? We are dying to ourselves. We're giving up the rights to our own life and beginning a new walk with our covenant partner until death. And so you see in this covenant, each half of the dead animals represents us. And second, since the blood covenant is the most solemn pact, we each point down to the bloody animal, split in two and say, God, do so to me and more if I ever try to break this covenant. If you think those bloody animals are bad, basically you're saying, God, do to me as they are if I break this covenant. Just split me right down the middle and feed me to the vultures because I tried to break the most sacred of all covenants. Do you see, are you beginning to get a grasp of how serious God takes covenants? Oh boy, have we really... We have really dropped the ball in this area. Step four is we're going to raise the right arm and mix blood. Okay. My blood is going to intermingle with your blood. 
we are swearing allegiance to each other. As a blood intermingles, we believe our lives are intermingling and becoming one life. All of this is going to fit together at the cross, at what Jesus did on the cross. So I want you to hang in here with me because there is a rhyme to all of this. There is reasoning to all of this. God never does things without having a good reason for them. I love it. We're the ones that are so stupid in our thinking. It's not God. We believe our lives are intermingled and become one life. And this is because our blood is our life. And to intermingle blood is to intermingle life. Now we can do this by um, making a cut in the palm of our hand. Or um, you can... You can make a cut in your wrist. Be careful you don't slit the main artery. But you can make a small cut in your wrist. And and there are marriages today that take place in uh, India and many other countries where the husband and wife put their hands intermingled to each other and they tie a scarf around them. And it's a symbol of this particular covenant. This exact symbol of this covenant. The handshake that we used to mean something. We we throw our hands out and shake hands with people all the time. And it used to be a long time ago where you would make a deal with somebody about even buying a piece of land. And you'd say, let's shake on it. And you would handshake. You didn't even have to have a written contract. That very handshake was the written contract. And that sealed the deal. That goes back to covenant. Because when you make a covenant with somebody, you uh, cut the palms of your hand. And then when you shake with that person, it's a form of the blood intermingling with each other. And therefore, you have entered into a binding covenant. We shake hands with people all the time. We shake hands. We don't mean it. We don't have we have no idea what that comes from. We have no idea what that really means. But that's a covenant act. Um, how much time do I have? Okay. The next thing we have here is the exchanging of names. And so I'm going to exchange and intermingle part of your name into my name and vice versa. My husband comes from a uh, um, Latino background. His mother was from Chile. And he has a lot of knowledge about their culture. And one of the things that he says, and they still do it today, when you marry in a Latina background, the wife keeps her maiden name. And so she will become Louise Carlton Clayton. And so her her name is intermingled in with her husband's name. So she takes part of her husband's name and he takes part of her name. And so that is an intermingling of names. And we're going to talk about this has happened with Sarah and Abraham. And then number six, we're going to make a scar. So wherever we have cut the covenant with the blood, we're going to rub some ashes or something in that cut and it's going to make a scar. It's got like a tattoo. 
And so tattoos, we everybody's tattooed, but they have no idea where tattooing comes from. Tattooing is a covenant ritual. And uh, so tat, you're, you actually have this scar on your, on your arm that shows that you have a covenant with someone. That's how Livingston, when he was going through Africa, he had scars all over his arm from where he made covenants with all the different chiefston. And then all he had to do was show his arm, show where he had been into a covenant with a certain tribe. And they backed off from him because they did not want to have to deal with his covenant brother. So we're also going to talk about the scar that happened to where Abraham and that that's where circumcision comes in. And so we're going to begin to put all, all of this together. Um, now I'm going to end there because on um, step seven, because we've got seven, eight and nine to go through. And I don't, I don't want to cut them short. So we've started on our process of understanding covenant. Go back and look at it, read it, and we'll pick it up where we left off today. Love everyone. I hope you have a blessed Easter. Bye-bye.